it with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 450 of Burger on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always as a glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going really well, Andrew. This is a very cool episode. We've got a special guest coming up, but we are also doing our palmerbet.com preview of the 2023 grand final between the current world champion and NRL champion Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels, who haven't won since 1986. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's... um. It's the grand dance. Yeah, the grand dance. You don't want to say the big B word. Big no, dance. No, no, you don't want to do, you don't do that. Okay. Um, okay, as always, the odds come to you from our good friends at palmerbet.com. Always remember, gamble responsibly. And uh, let's get into it. All right, so the Penrith Panthers in their head-to-head are favourites against the Paramount Eels. They're at $1.35 compared to the Eels' $3.20. The Parramatta Eels have an eight-and-a-half-point head start Wow! at $1.90. With the eight-and-a-half-point handicap, the Penrith Panthers are also at $1.90. The over-under has been set at 38-and-a-half points, which when you take into account what the weather could be like on Sunday, that then brings that into... Now you start looking at the unders for that, although Penrith are a very, very, very good wet-weather team. They are very patient side. Yeah. Um, Parramatta can get flustered if they start coming from behind. Um, so now, sorry, go I was going to say it's 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 one of those games where it could be very very close, or Penrose could win comfortably. Um, but uh, bugger, I'll go in early. I'm 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 picking Penrose to win this one comfortably. Oh wow! I think that Parramatta really needs to get off to a good start. Because mm. I I just think that if they've got to chase points against the Panthers, it's going to be almost impossible for them. Um, they need to get off to a similar start that South got off to last week and just hold on, I guess, because the Panthers finish over the top of pretty much everyone. Um, and, and in this wet weather sort of footy, it's going to be interesting to see how their offloads work. Uh, it, it might not be raining during the game, but with all the rain we're going to have leading up to the match, and then there's a, I think there's a 20% chance of rain right up until 8 o'clock on Sunday at Homebush itself, that it's going to be wet weather, slippery football either way. So um, I wonder how that will affect the Eels, their outside backs catching balls off of Cleary bombs. <laughs> we're going to find out. I was going to say, you're going to find too, I think, that um, Sevo and Tuo are going to be doing a lot of carries. Um, yeah. there'll be very little ball movement if it's if it is wet, and it'll come down to which players can just make that that strong yardage at the start of a set and get that field position early. And I think the Panthers are much better at that. Their play the ball speed is ridiculously fast, and good go forward straight up through the middle, which is exactly what you need in a game like this. Yeah, I think that that's why I think Reed Marnie is so important 
for the Parramatta Eels. Um, he really needs to have – he needs to be the best player in the field, I think, for the Absolutely. Um, Junior Paulo can can do a lot of damage with his offloading, but I really do. I worry about that night football with the slippery ball. Um, and we saw Penrith really wrap up the Parramatta ball handlers really well in that first finals game. And, you know, I, I know it's weird that it feels like the narrative has been changed a little bit where people are like, oh, Parramatta were really in that game. And and it, it felt like that basically in that second half, Penrith were walking away with that game to me. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but um, it, it's – I just would not want to have to take on Penrith in, in wet weather style football. I just think, how do you beat them? They're – Completion rates are fantastic. Their kicking rates are fantastic. Their handling is normally pretty damn good. And that's everything you need to win a wet weather football game. And if your game is based around offloads, it's it's really not a good situation. No. Um, I think, too, something that's going to be really vital in this game, if, if it is wet weather footy, is the bench. And Parramatta's named Nathan Brown in place of Bryce Cartwright, um, which... I mean, he brings a lot of aggression and a lot of good post-contact meters, which is really needed. But he also has that, you know, loose nut sort of thing going on where he can just give away penalties or, you know, back-to-back penalties as well and just turn a game with, you know, a brain fart more often more <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I, if it is wet, I would not be surprised if Jacob Arthur drops off the bench and Cartwright comes onto the bench. Only because Cartwright can slot in at the centres or in the half, in you know, five eighth if need be. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's a great ball player, but if you lose someone like that, you can shuffle the team around a bit. Gutherson can play at six. You know, you can you can move things around where you need to. Um, Simonson can cover fullback, not great, but you know, if you need to cover a half, you can do that. I just think they're going to need some size, um, especially if it's if it's going to be wet, it's going to be sl- the ground's going to be slow. I don't know if you can carry a half on the bench, and I know, you know, the the Panthers are going to have a reasonably light bench compared to Parramatta anyway. But they've got a very fast, very mobile forward pack, so they can kind of get away with that. Yeah, Parramatta doesn't. Their pack is huge, so they need to try and keep as many of those players as, um, you know as healthy and, and not gassed as possible for as long as possible if they're going to be a genuine threat for 80 minutes in this game. Yeah, it, look, I, I tell you what, it would be a huge, huge decision for Brad Arthur if he dropped his son, um, and especially when he considered that every the, the things have been working for them with him in the rotation. Yeah. Um, I, like, I think the thing with Cartwright is that he just – you need him to be running the ball. And when he played against Penrith, he didn't run the ball. He sort of was trying to do that, that playmaking and it was just shut down so easily by the Panthers defense. He's too sideways. Yeah. When he does that stuff. If when he runs straight, he is a very, very good ball runner and very Mm -hmm. good line runner. Um, And when he was doing that at, at Penrith early in his career, he was legitimately in the conversation for an origin call up because he was just running great lines. Yeah. But then he's, had to fill in at five eighth a few times and just got ridiculously sideways and just struggled to get that out of his game. It's really strange how, you know, you get a player that 
I mean, everyone was talking about, man, with him and Cleary and all that, they're all going to be playing State of Origin forever, you know, and, and mm. he just he's barely a first grader anymore. Um, I, I think the bringing Brown in off out of reserve grade, basically, for the grand final, it's like I know as, as a Panthers fan, I don't think the Panthers are going to be looking at that and worrying about it. I think, it, as you say, it's more of a rotation restructuring for them. That's yeah. what you would think about it. But I, I think that there is the possibility that you bring on a guy and you're you're talking about wanting that extra aggression up front, especially with Brown. It, it could just blow up in the eel's face. You hope that it doesn't. Yeah, but, it's one of those 50-50 calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, he, if he doesn't give away penalties and he focuses on playing good footy, um, Paramount is a genuine threat. Yeah, and I guess the other thing too is like because he hasn't been playing first grade for so long now, and look, he's a first grader. I think that that's fair to say. But you know, chucking him in against this Panthers team that throws like everything at you, it's a big ask. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting call. Mm. Um, that's the one I'm more curious about. Um, the other one too is Kenny. The Kenny and uh, Coruscant situation at Panthers. I'd I'd be starting Coruscant over Kenny absolutely. I think Kenny's very handy to have on the bench. Um, I'm not sure though. I'm, I'm I want to see Kenny and Salmon on the bench at the same time. I know Salmon's not been playing badly, but I just think in the finals you kind of want to just have three big guys on the bench. Yeah, same here, same here. I I think that um, you know. Yeah. Mitch Kenny, they left him on too long last week. And yeah. you could see that. I think that they need to bring on Appy sooner than they did last week. Where it, you know, even if it's about the eighteenth minute or something like that. Um I can see where you can see some of the coaches have gambled with when they've brought players on and, and it's worked sometimes and other times it hasn't worked. It it didn't work at one point for Ricky Stewart, you know. Um yeah, I, I think Appy needs to he needs to play more of the game because he just they weren't getting the same work out of dummy half. It just didn't really work for them in the last match. No, I fully agree. And they don't want to be they don't want to let Parramatta get off to a good start. Parramatta play really well from in front. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be a little panicky if they're coming from behind, so they need to get a good start. And that alone is reason for me to think that Coruscant needs to start. They need to get that roll on early in the middle, especially if it's going to be wet. Yeah, yeah, because I, I can definitely see. That. The other thing is, too, Parramatta's confidence team. You let them get some confidence and they'll run with it. Mm. But if you put your you know, you know put your foot on their neck early on, they just won't come out of that. And, and, yeah. and it's weird that they're one of those teams. Um, now, the, the margin betting on palmerbet.com for the Penrith Panthers to win 1-12 to 12 is $3.00. Which is not too bad when you consider what the weather could be. Mm-hmm. The Panthers to win by thirteen plus, it's two dollars thirty. <laughs> you like that one, dear? I do. As I said, I I think Penrith are going to win this comfortably. I think it'll be. I'd be surprised if it's close at half time, and Penrith just come over the top of them in the second half. For Parramatta to win one to twelve, it's four dollars fifty. For Parramatta to win by thirteen plus. It's $9.70. Ooh, 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 ooh. So, 
we've talked about this. Palmer Bet's been pretty on point with who they think is going to win the matches. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I can't remember a grand final where the the betting has been so skewed one way. Yeah, it's been a while. It's it's pretty crazy to see, um, but at the same time, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Look, you just when you look at everything that the Panthers have done, um, it's hard to tip against them. Like you kind of, you kind of, are needing Parramatta to do something pretty damn special. And look, if they win this grand final, they they deserve it. They deserve to have a grand final victory because they'd have beaten a bloody good Panthers team. That's what's so cool about this grand final this year is like that that difference between one team's aiming for greatness and the other team's aiming to beat greatness, you know? Yeah. It's it's um huh. it, it is a genuine David Goliath battle. And I think that's it's drawn a lot of people in. Now, I just wanted, there was a, a thing that I saw here, the team to score first on Palmer Bet. Mm-hmm. Penrith to score first on $1.55, and the Paramount Eels are $2.40. Now, if you think the Eels are going to win the game, they have to score first. They have to. Oh, absolutely. So I, if you were going to do a multi, I'd do it into that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They need to be up at half time. Um, and they need to then. I mean, they need to have their defense on point for that second half, whether they're behind the or in front on the scoreboard half time or not. Penrith are notoriously good in the second half. Um, they can't come out being half fast in defense in that second half. They've got to be on point. Yeah, for the whole half. Um. Also, I think a lot of people will talk about the the Panthers. Um, losing two games to Parramatta during the regular season. That doesn't mean much to me. To me, when it comes to a grand final, you want to know how well teams do against each other in finals matches when shit is on the line. Mm -hmm. And Parramatta has too long a history in recent times of struggling against top sides in the finals. Um, they've, They've not been so bad this year but there's still one more game to go. Yeah, I, I think the other thing with that too is that, you know, you're, you're looking for holes in this Panthers team in terms of, like, getting it done when it matters. Mm. And, you know, their first grand final that they made, they lost to the Storm. Second grand final, they they had to beat the Storm to get to, and then they won it and now they're in the grand final for three straight years. Like, they've been here, they've done that, proven themselves along the way doing that. Yep. And so we kind of know what the Panthers can do, and we know that they've got almost the whole gamut of, you know, wins and losses and all that sort of thing. They they know what it feels to be in a situation where you give up 10 points really quickly in a grand final. They've been there. You know, they, they, they know what it means to fight back and win a close grand final. Like... It's uh, the the thing about this Panthers team that gets me is they just tend to tick a lot of boxes, and that's why it's so difficult to see them losing this match. It really is going to take something special for the Eels to win it. The other thing, too, that I worry about for Parramatta is their last 10 games, have it's been a rough run. They've yeah. done very well. 
Um, they played Brisbane before Brisbane fell off a cliff and they lost that game. They beat Penrith. They beat Manly before they fell off a cliff. Actually, that was just as they were falling off. Um, lost to South, 26-0 in the shutout. Beat the Bulldogs, who, whose attack and defence had been um, tricky for a lot of clubs to handle. Um, then they belted the out-of-form Broncos. They beat a very good Melbourne side. Lost to Penrith in the first week of the finals. Flogged Canberra. Um, and then had a hard-fought win over the Cowboys last week. I wonder how much of a toll that's had on them. Yeah, and like, and even when you look at the end of that, is like having to fly up to North Queensland, and you're playing in that that very warm North Queensland weather, and then having to fly back. Yeah, that'll well, I mean, preparation a little bit, not by much, because they've done <laughs> it today. But it's it just adds up, you know. Yeah, I mean, from round twenty three, they've been at. At Combank, then they went to Suncorp, back to Combank, went to Penrith, went to Combank, up to Tam, up to uh, Townsville, back to Sydney. Lots of backwards and forwards going on there. Yeah. Do you reckon the media will talk about how many kilometres they've done? They um, liked that last year with Penrith. Not for a damn second. <laughs> um, that and when you look at it, the other side for Penrith, like they've had the ability to rest their key players, whether by choice or by a suspension. They've yeah. only got one out for this game in terms of injuries. That's Talon May. Um, he he was ruled out with a, a hamstring injury. Um, you know they they had the week off. They they look like they blew cob, cobwebs out against the bunnies. There's just a lot of boxes ticked, and it's I, I know I keep going back to that, but. You kind of look for weaknesses in preparation and things like that, and there's not too many of them in what the Panthers have done. The Panthers have kind of done everything you would have hoped they would have done at this point, especially yeah. in this point in this three-year run that they're on at the moment. Um, if I, had I, mean, to think, I was so, going to say, similarly, um, for their last, what, seven games, mm-hmm. Penrith played six of those in Sydney and one of them at, at Townsville against the Cowboys. Yeah. They've not been travelling anywhere near as much. They had the week off, obviously, as well. Um, Cleary's only played three games since, you know, August. Mm. So he is fresh as a daisy and looking like it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I genuinely think that Penrith's going to win this by 20. Wow. I, I, I love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... Obviously, I think Penrith will win. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a real battle. But I, I think that it'll be like we see in a lot of Penrith games where they ease away from them at the end. And then you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, well, you know, anybody that watches this game, like anybody that watched watched last week's game against the Rabbitohs, they, they know that the Panthers played really poorly in that first half. But if you if you look at the score line and didn't watch the game, you'd say, "Oh wow, Penrith did that game easy. Like they were tied with them at half time and then just ran away with it." And it, it it wasn't like that. But I think this this grand final could be similar to that, where at the end of it we look at the score line and we're like, "Well, you know, on paper it looked like it was a pretty pretty comfortable win, but they had to fight their ass off to do it." Yeah, I think it'll be very similar score line wise. Um, if look, if I had to pick some of the weaknesses in this Panthers side, right? I think that 
their worst defender in the middle of the field is Apicorosant, just and it's a size thing. He's not not as big as everyone else. Um, and I think you can get the Panthers when they're on their line. You can get them around the goalposts. Sometimes they get lazy around that goalpost <clears throat> area, and we've seen teams being able to capitalise on that. The other weakness in this team is Charlie Staines in defence. Um, he's he's working his ass off when he gets the ball with To'o. And and one of the things you saw early on in last week's game is the outside backs were almost exclusively taking the first three hit-ups every single set. And, it you know, it obviously helps your forwards at the end of the game when they start doing that. But mm. Staines isn't a big dude. And he does have the odd drop in his game. He didn't drop one last week, but he does have the drop in his game. And I just think defensively he's not very good. So there's something there for the Eels to attack. And so I just don't want people to think that I'm I'm sitting here saying, oh, the Panthers made a perfect team. They're not. But, uh, damn, you've got to break him down. You, you've got well, to work your ass off to break him down. The issue with Staines, too, is he will be defending against Wonga Blake. And Blake... Yeah. Blake is a very insanely strong uh, line runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Staines lets him get outside him, good night. If he lets him get inside him and take, you know, go at his uh, run at his inside shoulder, good night. You know, he's got to go up on in on him and not let him get too much room. Mm-hmm. Even if he runs up and he stays on the the sideline side of Blake, it's going to turn Blake back inside and allow better defenders to tackle him. But if he runs up and he's between Blake and um, Simonson, he's going to get beaten every time, every time. So he's got to make sure he stays outside his man. Um, yeah, and Blake's one of those players too that he could, we could talk about what a disastrous game he had, or we could talk about how he had one of his Greg Inglis games. Yeah. Because he does that. He used to do that at Penrith where he, He'd have weeks where he'd be like, "Is this guy going to be the best center in the game in like <laughs> two years' time?" And that's because he would play like that. You know, you know what I mean, he's the perfect example of a confidence player. And yeah. If he gets outside his, if he gets outside Staines early, and even scores points early, that's it. He's not going to come down from that. He's going to be riding high for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stop him. So it's really important that Staines holds his own and, and keeps him turning back in field. That that's the easiest thing you can do there. True. Um, yeah. Now, should we uh, should we bring in our special guest? Yes, let's bring him in. Joining us now is former Newcastle Knight, former New South Wales Blues captain, and former Warrington Wolf, Kurt Gidley. How's it going, Kurt? Yeah, g'day, gents. Going well, thanks. How you going? Pretty good. Now, uh, you're joining us for palmerbet.com, and we're going to look at the odds for the grand final this year. Um, just to start off, is there any is there any betting option that you look at and you're like, oh, yeah, I like the look of that one? Um, I mean, I like, I like multis. They're a bit more entertaining, and uh, obviously you can get some decent odds with those ones. So, yeah, I, I've been doing a, a Palmerbet podcast or um, video call each week throughout the season. Uh, which has been great. It's been entertaining, and it's also given me an opportunity to, um, yeah, just dive a bit deeper into each game and follow the follow the I guess the players coming through um, into first grade. And obviously, um, yeah, I think those those multis are always pretty entertaining and fun to to follow. So I sort of had one uh, that I'd looked at just last night, 
And look, I know the Panthers are heavy favourites and have been the best and most consistent team over the last three years. But I just like the idea of a, an upset, a bit of a fairy tale. So I'm going to go Eels to win and margin 1 to 12 and total points over 38.5, which is about 9 bucks 60 at the moment on the Palmavet website. So that's sort of something I'll keep an eye on for this Sunday. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Now, the the betting odds for this one at the moment on palmbet.com, the Penrith Panthers are favourites at $1.35 compared to the Parramatta Eels at $3.30, which is, I don't think, I can't remember a grand final where it's been that heavily, you know, in one yeah. favour. That's crazy. Maybe when the yeah. Storm were cheating. <laughs> Maybe that's probably the last time. Uh, oh, Parramatta on fire actually, 09, so they would have been pretty decent odds at that stage. But yeah, as you that's... say, they, uh, Melbourne were cheated basically. <laughs> but, uh, look, uh, the, I guess the thing that, that that the Eels can take some confidence into this game. They, they've beaten the Panthers in both regular games during the season, so I think that that will play a good uh, mental factor on the Eels going into this one. I know they got touched up a little bit in the first round of the semis. But um, I, I think they can take some confidence into this game, believing that they can knock Penrith off again. Obviously, Penrith is a super team, great outfit, um, you know, amazing forward pass and great halves. But, yeah, I, I think they can take a bit of confidence into this one. Sorry, go on, I was going to say, speaking of the forwards, I mean, Paramount has brought in Nathan Brown to replace um, Bryce Cartwright on the bench. A Brown does have a bit of a uh, penchant for giving away penalties and stuff. Yeah. Is he able, do you reckon, to keep that ingression intact long enough but still have enough of it to terrorise the middle of the Panthers? Well, I think he does. You know, it's because, you know, you certainly don't want to spend 10 minutes in the sin bin and cost your team that. You don't want to be sent off, of course. So I think he can be aggressive without, uh, you know, I guess playing with too much risk because... Yeah, you know, you don't want to cost your team that type of penalty. Um, you know, moments uh, playing with 12 men, and and certainly uh, it's just it's too much to um, sacrifice. So, I think he can be an aggressive player, like he like he has been his his whole career, without sort of you know keep being too aggressive and potentially um, costing his team. With the the. I guess short, like the the short term history of these teams, like Penrith have basically held it over Parramatta for a few years now. But then, as you say, like the the Parramatta Eels, even you look at the trial game, they beat them in uh, at the start of the year, and then they they're the only team to beat them twice this year. Mm. And then they come into the finals, and they they're pretty confident because of that. And then they lose. As a former player, when you've got situations like that where you feel as though you've got it over another team and then they they kind of beat you when it matters. How do you sort of get your head around something like that? Well, I just review the games. That's probably, you know, there's so much emphasis on uh, the video sessions and reviewing your own performance. And mm. I think I'll certainly look at that, that game, uh, the first round of the semis. And review, okay, well, how did we get it wrong here? And what can we do to improve? And then also the two games where they boot him in the regular games, what did we do really well here and what worked? And uh, how, how do we implement that into our game plan for this weekend? I think, you know, Parramatta are, are really dangerous when they're offloading. And that, that that's that's hard to handle. I remember I used to play 
the New Zealand Warriors, and they were so unpredictable when they were uh, offloading and carrying the ball in one hand and you know, trying to wrap the ball up and getting numerous blokes into the tackle. So um, Parramatta, have, have, I think, um, from a statistics point of view, I think they're one of the highest offloads in the competition, and that, that's really hard to defend against. Uh, when they're playing set plays and, and structured plays, I don't think that's worked for Parramatta as, as well as what they'd like, but certainly the offloads is really dangerous and unpredictable. Now, one big um, matchup we've got in this game is going to be Sevo uh, versus Brian Tuo. Uh, yep. Between them, they can probably jump about maybe three three inches off the ground, but, geez, they can parge through anything. Who do you reckon wins that matchup? Good question. They did they're two two different body shapes. Um, you know, obviously Brian Toto, uh, powerful runner of the ball, good leg speed, um, great for those yardage carries. Um, you know, finishing off tries in the corner, he's built low to the ground, so he's able to power his way over the line. Mike Sivo, super raw, Fijian, um, quick. Uh, you know, you go to tackle Mike Sivo low, and he seems to bump you off. You go high, and he bumps you off or fends you off. So they're they both have their challenges from a depth defensive point of view. I'm not sure if they, you know, Michael Sivo is probably better in the air as far as catching um, high balls, crossfield kicks, that type of thing. But um, both pretty dynamic, dynamic, dynamic carriers of the ball, and, and I think they need to have a, a big influence on their, their yardage carries to to be able to give their forwards a rest and get some get some uh, get them off to a good start start of the set. When you look at this Panthers' defence, um, how do you rate them against other NRL teams' defences that we've seen in the past? Because statistically, they're right up there with the very best we've seen in the modern era of the game since the 10-metre rule come in. Um, and they're probably, like, I, I rate them alongside, say, the the likes of the Manly Seagulls in the 90s, and, and then you look at the Storm when they had... Uh, lots of boats and Harvey Norman vouchers. Um, the, the Panthers are probably the best I've seen, but where do you rate them in terms of the best defences you've seen? Best defence? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was a, a couple of different areas there where Melbourne have been the benchmark, I think, defensively for probably 20 years, really. Um, yeah, pretty aggressive in defence, that up, up and in umbrella type approach, I suppose you can call it. Is, um, has been effective. It, it does leave yourself open to kicks in behind, but I think those teams who have probably done it, like under Craig Bellamy, even Des Hasler when he was at Dogs and at Manly the first time, that aggressive type defence up and in, um, it, it does make it hard to attack. Um, you need to pull some depth. Also, you need to back yourself kicking game-wise to be able to kick in behind. Um, I think you know, on your line, you certainly need that type of approach, but it does, as I say, it opens itself up to risk. But I'm just looking at the forward pack and Isaiah Yo, Martin, Kikia, Fisher Harris, Coruscant, Leota, like they're they're all bloody hard workers, you know, they're tough. They're some of those guys have got some good aggression in them, but they're they're tough workers and, and even the forward pack for for Para as well. Campbell Gillard I thought was outstanding last week. Um, Polo, um, Reed Marnie's a, a really tough worker. I think Reed Marnie can have the biggest influence on trying to minimise Nathan Cleary's kicking game. I think that that has to be his, you know, one of his his main focuses for this week. Put pressure on Nathan Cleary from A and from marker. 
Um, and then Sean Lane was outstanding there last week, attacking the fence. Papa Lee and Ryan Madison, um, I thought he played one of his best games there last week as well. So a really, really great forward pack on both teams. But again, you know, outside backs, most of the attacking shape for both teams will be will be directed at their at their edges and you need to make you need confidence in your three man centre and winger to make the right decisions. If if we're all going up and in, we're all on the same page or if they're they're getting up, they're sort of checking and releasing and and, and you know, gonna move on move on to uh, the outside defender, they make, need to make sure they're all on the same page. Now, where do you think this um, this game's going to be won? As you mentioned, like the forwards are reasonably well matched, especially when it comes to footwork at the line. Um, they're both pretty reasonably matched in that area. Uh, I'd, I'd even say that the, the centres for both sides are reasonably evenly matched. I'd probably rate Crichton as the best of the four on the field. Um, so where do you think each side needs to target in order to try and you know, get points, I guess, and try and, try and get ahead because the, the lineups are reasonably well matching up across the park. Just go that one again. I was just saying, like, they're, they're pretty well matched up across the park as yeah. far as the uh, lineups are. The, the forwards of both sides have got very good line speed and um, yep. good, good footwork close to the line as well. Um, and the centres are all pretty evenly matched up, although I'd probably rate Crichton as, as the best of the four that are on the field. So yep. where would... Um, where would each side need to try Where's and find? Yeah, yeah no, to try no, and no. To try and break through. Uh, good point. I, I think kicking game number one. Uh, yeah, Mitchell Moses needs to be on par, if not better, than Nathan Cleary, which is a big call. Uh, but you know, he had a couple out on the full last week, so he knows he, he he needs to be better there in a grand final. So I think that's a, that's a huge huge one because you need to finish your sets in the areas you you want you want the other team coming out of um, to start their set. So, you know, Nathan seems to get his kicks on the mark, whether it's those sort of, um, number one, we used to call them cage kicks, where they just sort of end over end bombs, but you're trying to land them in the corner, you know, metre or so out from the line. That just gives you an opportunity to, to get some good line speed when they're trying to carry the ball outside of their own five-metre five line. Obviously, Nathan, um, in that first round of the semis, made it pretty tough for, for Wayne Blake with some spiral kicks. I've got no doubt those spirals or floaters will be coming again, which are certainly tough tough to take. You know, I'm not sure Michael Sivo is super confident under them. Um, Blake, certainly not super confident. We'll have a bit of head noise from the first round of the semis. Uh, both fullbacks are reliable and, and, and experienced and trustworthy when it comes to um, kicking game and how, how they position themselves. So I think that's a big one. Outside backs that need to have a big influence on on their the the yardage carries and how many metres they make for the game. I know that's from a statistic point of view, but the stats won't lie. Any time your outside backs, your wingers, and your uh, and your centres, and your fullbacks have a big game from a from a metreage um, point of view, it has a big influence and helps out your forward pack. And the, the forward packs are they're going to go at it. Hell for leather right from the start. So if they're going to go that hard, they need uh, their outside backs to have a big influence on, on their yardage sets. So the big one, who's going to win on Sunday afternoon? Well, it's a bit like you know some of the grand finals we've seen before where your head tells you one thing, your heart tells the other. So, you know, I go back to 
you know, the two grand finals, the Knights won 97 and 2001. They were both heavy underdogs. Merely were big favourites in 97. Parramatta were big favourites in 2001. And the Knights got up to, to win both of those grand finals as massive underdogs. And I see this as a similar scenario, that Penrith being the most consistent team and the you know, well-earned favourites for, for this grand final. Obviously, the Eels have, have been unsuccessful in their, their, their grand final appearances for over 30 years. So, yeah, maybe this is the this is the time that they'll be successful. I, you know, I think it'd be good for the game. I know the Penrith Pins don't give a rat's ass about if it's good for the game, but uh, <laughs> I, I just I think this is their opportunity. Yeah, look, as a Panthers fan, I don't care for that answer at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, just one more question I want to ask you. You're a long-time Newcastle Knight, and then you go over to Warrington. What is the surfing like in Warrington? Uh, not, not, a lot, not a great in the canal, the Manchester <laughs> Canal. That was about the only, the only time there was a wave in Warrington when, when, the, when the, uh, the shipping boats went from the, uh, from the Liverpool entrance to the canal right through to Manchester. That was about the only waves you got in Warrington. <laughs> but uh, where did we surf? Actually, I'll tell you what, Ashton Sims and I, um, both sort of coastal boys, Ash is from uh, down at Jerringong. So we found, a, we found a wave pool, uh, artificial wave pool, north, oh. north Wales, which was only about 40, 45 minutes an hour from, uh, from Warrington. You know, you just sort of headed east, uh, west from Warrington into North Wales and there was a place called Snowdonia and there was a, uh, there was a, there was like a, a hydro, hydro system that um, had a wave pool, a man-made wave pool where you could actually go and hire a board and surf in North Wales in the countryside. So I actually did get a wave when I was over there. That's so random. So were you the were you the only two people that ever used that? <laughs> nah, mate, it was it was it was popular. It was really popular because um, yeah, a lot of people coming through obviously the, the UK probably not not to chase surf, but uh, yeah, we found this yeah as I found this place called Snowdonia, North Wales, uh, artificial wave pool, and, and uh, they had a bar set up, had glamping, had um, you know a few other things the kids could do, and, and me the big bash, me and Ashton Sims, we were. We were surfing, surfing these males in these this artificial wave pool, North Wales countryside. So there you go. So Wales has given the world something other than Tom Jones. What <laughs> <laughs> no, a great experience! Th- thanks so much for joining us. Uh, is there anything you want to plug on the podcast? You've got your own podcast, obviously. Um, where can we find that? Uh, well, the, uh, the, the Palmer Bet one is out weekly. It's released, I think, every Thursday via the Palmer Bet uh, Twitter account, via their website. Um, but I had my Steel City shirt on today. Uh, a number of my former teammates are in a beer company called Steel City Beer Company. So myself, Denny Baderas, uh, Andrew Johns, Matthew Johns, and a few of our uh, best surfing mates, a couple of local legends in the surfing industry. So... Yeah, we've been out about 18 months now, still see, and we've got a pale ale, a lager, and a mid-strength there. So if you want to jump on that website, that'd be awesome, or the Instagram, um, www.steel-city.com, and uh, it's a bloody great beard. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for that. We'll try the beer. We'll have to uh, try out the beer on the podcast next week. That'll be great. So we, yeah. get, we can get it down in Sydney, yeah? Yeah.
Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll try some next week. We'll give it a, give it a review on the podcast. Um, thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, yeah, we'll get, get stuck into the, to the beer and, uh, get subscribed to your podcast. We lost you. Beer finder. Check it out. Beer finder. Okay, because we've lost you for yeah. 30 seconds there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Check, check it out. Get on to steel-city.com and click the click the uh, the link that says beer finder. It'll tell you. It'll show you all the uh, – give you the map to all the areas that we're, we're in in New South Wales. Awesome. Thank you, Kurt. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, gents. All the best. All right, well, thanks to our special guest, Kirk Gidley. Thank you to Palmerbet for giving us the odds all year. Um, make sure you check them out, palmerbet.com. As always, gamble responsibly. And that's the big dance. Where can we find League Freak online during the big dance? You can find League Freak at League Freak on Twitter. I don't know how much I will be tweeting. I know a lot of people will tweet at me win, lose, or draw, I won't be able to answer everyone. Otherwise, I'll just be on Twitter all night, and I don't want to do that. There'll be plenty of times where I will be putting my phone away. Um, so if you tweet me and I don't answer back, don't take it personally. I'm just trying to enjoy the grand final. So, yeah. Where can we take, find you, though, Andrew, during the grand final? Yeah, look, I with any luck, I'll be on Twitter as well, at Andrew RLP. That's... And will, will you be answering people? Yeah, because I guess I'll be getting asked a whole whole heap of stats related questions and i should have most of the answers excellent and yeah. uh you should talk just exclusively about the west tigers during the grand final that was i was good. thick i was actually thinking of doing that yeah just the, yeah. pretend the grand final isn't happening yeah <laughs> do west tigers talk she just comment on the one of the few wins the tigers had this year yeah 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 i think i'll do that that'd, that'd be, be great that'll yeah. confuse the hell out of everyone I'm looking forward to that. Well, look, we've got a couple more podcasts we're doing before the grand final, which will be – we're not going to tell you who's coming on or what we're doing, but uh, keep an eye out for them. It being the biggest week of the year, we wanted to make sure we got heaps of content out there for people to listen to, to get pumped up about the grand final with. And, uh, man, it, it's funny to think that this is the grand final and all I can think of is, like, we got the World Cup coming up. We got so much stuff coming up on the podcast. It's crazy. There's no off season for this podcast. Yeah, we do not do off seasons. Yeah, fuck off seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, people. Um, thanks again, palmabet.com. Check them out. Game responsibly. Thank you. Thank you to Kirk Gidley. Thank you to League Freak. Thank you to me. And uh, catch us all on Grand Final Day. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.